This podcast episode is brought to you by Paleo Valley's Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Now, we all know that many olive oils are cut with seed oils or that they are rancid, and so it's not always easiest to find a quality and properly sourced olive oil. Yes, in case you didn't know, many store bought olive oils are diluted or blended, compromising both taste and quality, and may even cause rancidity. I'm really glad that Paleo Valley's extra virgin olive oil remains pure and unadulterated, sourced from a single organic valley in Greece. Paleo Valley ensures freshness and nutrient content by packaging their olive oil in dark glass bottles. At a certain point, I stopped using extra virgin olive oil, but once our practice started working with people with chronic inflammatory response syndrome or SIRS, we started recommending it for the reduction of TGF beta 1. It is an immune system marker that shows inflammation both for COVID 19, SIRS, and actually many other illnesses. So if your TGF beta 1 is high, you may want to try incorporating a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. Make sure to check it out. It comes in a two pack package. And remember, All Paleo Valley products are guaranteed with a money back guarantee. Go to paleovalley.com slash nwj to get 15% off your order. Thanks for supporting companies that support this podcast. Hey guys, it's Judy from Nutrition with Judy. Joining me today. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Judy Cho and I am a nutritional therapy practitioner and I am also the author of Carnivore Cure. I have a practice in Austin, Texas and virtual and I help my clients to get to a meat based elimination diet as well as、uh, focusing on gut health. And on my social media platforms, I also support you to try to get to your own root cause healing. Okay, so in this video, I am just going to walk through a graphic I did on multiple social media platforms. I don't think I included in the book,、um, but it is in my beginner's carnivore guide. So, yeah, let's talk through kind of rules to live by or some basic rules that you can kind of follow or adhere to as you are doing the carnivore diet. Okay, so here's the graphic. It is carnivore diet rules to live by. And I just wanted to also, by a side note, say thank you to Redmond's for this really cool sweatshirt. We're going to talk about salt in a second, but、um, they are one of the mineral salts that I highly recommend. Okay, so this is the graphic. It is carnivore diet rules to live by. So the first one is eat only from the animal kingdom. So just to make it really simple, you know, I, I get so many questions of is fish on the table? Is pork on the table?、Um, is, can I eat only Beef. So, you know, in the beginning, while you are getting acclimated, while you're transitioning to a meat based diet that's, you know, pretty much ketogenic, I would focus just on meat. So, don't worry too much about the nuances of grass fed or grain fed or deli meat versus、um, non deli. I mean, ideally, you don't want to make all your meals just deli meat because you're probably going to feel nutrient deficient. So, yes, re- I recommend more natural meat. So, you know, go to the butcher, go to where the meat department is and get the foods there.、Um, try to eat as much of the fat. As possible. In a different video, I am going to share the macros and、um, kind of what I find to be the most optimal way of eating carnivore in terms of macronutrients of fat and proteins to then support your hormones and your endocrine system. Number two, so eat nothing from the plant kingdom. All of us are so different as to why we're starting this. Some of us are just doing it to lose weight, and some people are doing this because they have autoimmune and it's just. Everything is making them react.、Um, some people are just doing it to see what food sensitivities they are. 
no matter what the case is, I always recommend um, starting carnivore from a baseline of um, the cleanest meats, and then you can then add back over time. And so that's what pretty much an elimination diet is. So you kind of eliminate all the other foods, and then you slowly bring back different meats or cheeses or dairy that you may have been kind of sensitive to before. But as you heal your gut, as you heal your body, then maybe you can tolerate it better. And then over time, if you want to eat plant foods, then you can do that. And in Carnivore Cure, you can see all of these kind of details and nuances, how to uh, start an elimination diet, how you can start from kind of the baseline. And then as you are healing, you can add more foods and then even what vegetables to first start with that have the least amount of anti-nutrients. Maybe I'll do a video on anti-nutrients later, but if you think of anti-nutrients, they are the toxins in plants to protect themselves. So gluten is an anti-nutrient. It is the way that the plants can tell other predators that, Hey, if you eat me, you're probably going to get sick or malnourished. And then maybe you won't eat me again. So then I could survive for generations. Yes. I think in the beginning, I recommend not eating any plant foods. Um, it'll just help you to kind of transition quicker. And then you can possibly feel what some people call the zero carbs Zen, where you just have this you know, level of peace, um, just feeling good. And just you're in this rhythm with eating and just, uh, being able to manage life. Right. So, um, I think the cleaner you eat, the more you kind of remove all the plants and then you can always bring it back. Um, the more kind of diving deep you can get. All right. Number three, um, eat plenty of animal fat and dairy is optional. So if you think about it, if we are not eating carbohydrates anymore, we need another fuel source and fat is the only other fuel source. We can use proteins and convert it to gluconeogenesis and produce glucose or glycogen that way, but it's an inefficient process. Your body basically has to use a lot of resources and energy to do that. And it just does not make us feel optimal. So I highly recommend eating more fat. And we can again, talk about another video of like how to do that. If you can tolerate dairy, great. If you can get raw dairy, it's probably best. So if you think about it, when you pasteurize milk or any type of dairy product, you are killing live cultures, bacteria, enzymes, and anything that will kind of make the milk a more full raw product. But as we pasteurize it, then a lot of the digestive enzymes, they all kind of die out in some of the vitamins. And so then they have to add it back in. So they fortify our milk and it's just for some people it affects them. So they just don't feel as good. Your option is you can try raw dairy. It works really good for some people. um, If some people are really sick and they can't even kind of handle the raw dairy at first too. So figure out what your needs are. There are some people that when they transition to carnivore, they're kind of binging off of dairy. So you have to figure out, and that was me, honestly, I used to eat like the eight ounces of block cheese in one sitting after a meal because I wanted that something sweet. So figure out what you need. Um, for me, what kind of broke me from doing that thing with the cheese block was um, drinking some sparkling water. So that kind of fizzy uh, fruit flavor, but no sugar added kind of broke the kind of uh, sameness with meat. So if you um, possibly try that, that may kind of break the meat flavors over time. Okay, number four, organ meats are ideal, but they're not necessary. I would say that of all my clients, I think only 50% of them eat organ meats. Now, I think everyone knows at this point that organ meats are very nutrient dense. People know that ounce to ounce, it's the most nutrients packed in one food. So definitely if you can tolerate it, please do so. But I would hate for someone to, or you to try carnivore and then you're like, 
I cannot stomach liver. And then you just are like, I can't do this diet, right? So if you can't tolerate it, there are many anecdotal stories that don't eat it. I have not had liver sometimes for months, um, maybe a month, um, but try other livers too. I'd say, you know, down the road, try cod liver, try, um, you could try duck liver, not the most humane, but you can also do chicken liver and that has much less of a mineral taste. So just figure that out. But right now, if you just eat beef, a little bit of um, grass fed butter, and you have some eggs, you are pretty much getting all the nutrients you need in a uh, day's value of nutrients. So definitely do that. I wouldn't worry too much about the organs right now. Again, the goal right now isn't to perfect. It's just to get assimilated to eating this way. Okay, number five, supplements are not necessary, but they're ideal. If I was doing this graphic again, present day, I would probably change the verbiage on that. I think most people actually do need supplements in the beginning. I think it's because we became a society that did not eat a lot of fat. So you may need just a little bit of ox bile or lipase, which is the digestive enzyme to break down fats, but you may need those things to just eat more fat or otherwise you're having a lot of loose stools. Most people, I would say 90% of Americans are deficient in hydrochloric acid, which is our stomach acid. And you need that to break down our meats and then be able to absorb it in the small intestine. So that's something else that we may consider. you can try using apple cider vinegar that also stimulates the production of stomach acid, or you can just take some hydrochloric acid, some betaine HCL. So I definitely recommend some of the digestive enzymes. Why not just take it in the beginning so that you could just be on your way instead of trying to muscle and grid it with this thought of we don't need any supplements. I've also seen a lot of people actually deficient in omega-3 fatty acids. So those are your fish oils. So I recommend my clients eating fish at least four times a week. That is a serving of salmon, a serving of cod liver, um, a serving of herring or sardines, whatever you can consume. But if you can do that, uh, there are so many indications of fatty acid deficiency in a lot of my clients. I know a lot of people are kind of scared to eat fish because of the mercury toxicity or some other toxicity in the waters, but you also eat salt from the water. So, I mean, yeah. So I wouldn't worry about the toxicity yet. You can always do a hair tissue mineral test to see if there really is. And also in my book, I talk about the fact that mercury is mostly from other reasons and not necessarily because of the fish. So make sure to do that. If you can't eat the fish, then I highly recommend getting a quality omega-3 supplement. You can go to my store and I have a handful of digestive supports, gut healing supports, probiotics that will help you on your way to transition. And then I don't think anyone should be taking supplements long-term. They are band-aids, right? So if your body has been kind of broken this whole time to add supplements, will just kind of support the process. But ideally we shouldn't be taking it long-term. We should be getting it from our foods and we should have a healed gut where we can then acclimate and um, assimilate the nutrients as needed. Okay, number six, um, it, this is really playing on the fears, but it's basically says don't worry about vitamin C that it's in the meat. So you know, there are people that start to question the meat based diet because of vitamin C fiber cholesterol and all these little nuances. So what I'll say for now is that there is vitamin C. You can look in salmon. You could look at the USDA food database for salmon and pork belly, and you will see vitamin C there. Other foods have vitamin C. They may be in trace amounts, but I talk about vitamin C and maybe that the recommended daily allowance is not the amount that we should be consuming. Just a thought. Um, but just for now, don't worry too much about it. The other thing is that vitamin C is very water soluble. So most people are deficient in it anyway. I've had clients that are not fully meat-based and their organic acids test, uh, their urine test for vitamin C shows zero. So yeah, I'll just leave it at that for now. 
Okay, number seven, spice your meat if you want, but watch out for the carbohydrates. Okay, what I'll say about these spices is that for some people, they actually react. So onion powder, uh, garlic powder, there are anti-nutrients in these plants. And so if you eat the kind of powder version, there is a lot more anti-nutrients in small doses. And so it's just something to be mindful of. Some people react, some people don't. So you'll just have to know your own individual self and then figure out if added or not. I wanted to try a really clean carnivore diet. So for over a year, I did not touch any types of herbs. If there was any spices or seasonings on meats, I did not eat it. Um, and then when I noticed if I had some garlic, I would feel a little bloat. And that is one of the signs of the anti-nutrient. So that's just something to consider. Um, a lot of people don't have to get that strict and they could eat the spices um, on their meat. So I'll leave that up to you. Just be mindful of the kind of quality of your spices. So if you look back on your spices and it has like maltodextrin, uh, food dyes, whatever it may be, you don't want to add those fillers because those are actually toxic and not ideal for the body. You want to just get, you know, if it says like an Italian blend, just that it's most of the herbs and nothing really else added. Okay, number eight is drink plenty of water. So you want to definitely hydrate yourself. Meat actually does have water in the um, meat, even though people think that it's just plants and fruits that have a lot of water, but meat actually does too but it does not have as much water as our vegetables and our fruits. So we definitely want to make sure we're hydrating. I think for some reason as carnivores, and I don't really know why, but we're not as thirsty. So we don't drink a ton of water. And so, and some people do, but in general, I noticed that, you know, we just don't feel this like constant thirst, but I would highly recommend that you drink water. Um, The kind of general rule of thumb is half of your weight in ounces in water. So if you are 150 pounds, you want to drink at least 75 ounces of water. And then if you drink a diuretic, so if you have some coffee in the morning, like eight ounces, then you want to add another eight ounces of water to that. So you're kind of cleaning out the kidneys and the detox pathways of the coffee and you're rehydrating properly. I will do a separate video on how to make sole water. Um, I have a blog post on how much salt you need and also uh, how to make the sole water and like the benefits of mineral water over just plain iodized salt. Um, You know, Redmond real salt is one of the mineral salts that I recommend. So Celtic salt, Redmond, and also Himalayan salt, I would even possibly do a mixture of all of them and then just try to get other minerals. So the reason why I'm a big fan of Soleil water is because if you leave the salt in the water overnight, then it'll kind of help unbind the minerals, the water will get saturated. And so when you drink it, the minerals, and I think there's like 80 plus minerals in these salts that will then, you know, give the kind of spark plug in your body. So if you think about iodine salt, they have the added iodine, but it doesn't have all the other stuff. It's bleached. It's, um, more industrialized. And again, it's in a lot of my blog posts and it's also in my book, so you can read it there, but it's not as ideal. So I would recommend um, considering more of the mineral salts and I would not be afraid of salt. So I know that we have come to believe that you know, low salt is the way for health and high salt causes high blood pressure. Again, in one of my blog posts, I talk about aldosterone and how that's not true. I'll probably talk about it in another YouTube video coming up. Okay, so the last one is don't worry about calories, trust your own body. So yeah, the whole calories in calories out, I think has been kind of debunked a while ago. Um, Yes, calories do matter. So if you eat in excess, you are going to gain weight even on a uh, carnivore diet. And so I myself gained weight when I first started. And that's when the balancing of the 
macros was really important. I realized I was eating more than I needed. And I thought I just needed to eat a lot because that was what kind of guidelines I heard when I first started. So I will again in another video talk about how much you should ideally eat. But for now, as you are getting assimilated to this new way of eating, just eat as much as you can and don't worry about the calories. Weight loss is something that we can always use a lever, whether it's fasting, whether it's alternate day eating, uh, whether it's kind of having a day of um, heavy calories and another day of lighter calories, whatever it may be, we can do that later. But for now, we need to make the body stronger so that it can even handle these types of things. Okay, guys, I think that's it for this carnivore diet rules to live by. It's pretty basic, pretty simple. But I hope that this allows you to understand that, hey, while I'm transitioning, let's not think about types of fat and quality of fats and types of fish and meat, just whatever meat you want to eat, just keep eating that. I'd recommend not eating mostly dairy. Um, I think for most people, it does not satiate them. It still keeps cravings. And yeah, I just don't think people feel as well eating a high dairy diet instead of eating more of the meat. So definitely consider that too. Okay, guys, if you enjoyed this video, please make sure to subscribe. Please share this video with people that, that needs it. And uh, yeah, thank you for joining me and uh, watching this video. Okay, guys, I will talk to you soon. Make sure to eat a lot of meat. Take care of your bodies because it is the only place you have to live. I will talk to you guys soon. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Nutrition with Judy podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please make sure to leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app so more listeners like you can find the show. If you want more practitioner care and support, head over to nutritionwithjudy.com groups so you can get more real talk about carnivore, the environment, and root cause healing. You can also find my content on Nutrition with Judy's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Make sure to sign up for my weekly newsletter and learn more about in-depth articles with infographics at nutritionwithjudy.com slash articles. You can find my two books, Carnivore Cure and the Complete Carnivore Diet for Beginners on carnivorecure.com and amazon.com. At the heart of Nutrition with Judy's practice, our mission lies with a deep, unwavering passion for service and community. We will continue to empower you to have the knowledge and tools to live a life nearly symptom-free because we firmly believe in healing and wellness for all.